yesterday afternoon, one of the greatest games I think I've ever seen. It was the Dallas Mavericks. Dude, the Mavericks going against the Los Angeles Clippers. Mavericks even up the series at two apiece with an all-time performance from Luka Doncic. It was he was a man possessed, hit the overtime game winner from like unbelievable distance as Mavs win 135 to 133. Did any of you guys check that game out cuz it was lit. Yeah, I actually watched that game and the Brewer game at the same time. Had the laptop up at with the, the Brewer same game time. while I had the uh, Mavericks Clippers game on the television. Dude, I had I, I no, no to what? Uh, the Mavericks game. Didn't Dude, watch it. It was in RJ. I will just I would recommend just go watch the highlights <laughs> because it was nuts. Luka Doncic it rolling his ankle. What, no Christoph Porzingis? He had rolled his ankle the game before, and he had to get, like, clearance, like, just to go play. Like, oh, are you sure you want to be doing this? <laughs> Luka Doncic's like, yes, yes. Someone just called me a P-word-ass white boy. I got to go out there and ball out to show that I'm not a P-word. Yeah. And he went and did it. My God, was he a beast. Yeah, down the stretch, though, they, had the, they were working the pick and roll with him. Okay. And he was basically scoring at will. It was there it was it was nuts. The dude was possessed. It was unbelievable the performance that he had. It was just dude, the the Mavs were down by 21 points at one time. They let him back to overtime to get her done. I think I got a poll question. Yeah. Would you rather start a franchise right now with Doncic or Giannis? Oh, well, we can put that we can put that poll question out there Rowdy, but first I want to give you the final call here of um I just had it. Where the hell did it go? I just had it, and it was RJ. His performance, absolutely incredible. In fact, one reporter said, I've seen every great player of the last 60 years. And then he says, Luka Doncic. Oh, and yeah, I quote, Bob, uh, Ryan. Bob, Bob Ryan, yeah. Takes my breath away, do, says Bob do, Ryan. Do, 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 do. RJ, yes, 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 yes to all of it. This is for Luca. As Bob Ryan says, Luca Doncic. Quote, I've seen every great player of the last 60 years. And Luca Doncic takes my breath away. Oh man. Nothing like a 30-year-old reference to to talk about Luca Doncic. Hey, this this song may be over 30 years old, but it is timeless. I'm not saying it's not. It's just like Timeless, RJ. <laughs> Timeless. In fact, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have this play, and then we're going to go here, and we're going to do this. And Doc Rivers wants a timeout. A 21-point lead has been cut to four here early in the third. 19 points, nine 43-point triple-double on a bad ankle. And the overtime game winner, Luka Doncic, calls game, says, I want it. Here you go. Back to Doncic. Doncic pulls up, three-pointer. <laughs> hey! Seven seconds left. Hey! This 
the shot he works on time and time again. Rhythm, step back three. That's in his resume. What a performance by Luca and the Mavericks. That explains the out of context sweet, uh, tweet I saw yesterday that says, I don't always scream bang at the top of my lungs, but when I do, I scream it twice. Bang! Bang! <laughs> bang! It was incredible. Incredible. Uh, Take My Breath Away by Berlin. Is that in Top Gun? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, what a soundtrack in Top Gun, by the way. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. Yeah. Take My Breath Away. All right, so there's that. Highway to the Danger Zone. Kenny Loggins. Um, Here we go. The instrumentals. Like this, this is leading up to the big time Spins on game winner. We just got to hear the call one more time. And the Mavericks are up two. Timeout Clippers with 19 seconds. The inbound. Here it is. Back to Doncic. Doncic pulls up. Three-pointer. Bang! Bang! <laughs> it's good! Bang! 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 Dude, Rowdy, you watched that game. How sick was that game? Well, it was crazy just because they would the teams were going back and forth. Like the Mavericks would be up by a bucket or two, and then all of a sudden the Clippers would have the lead because Ka- Kawhi came down and hit some shots yeah. to give the Clippers a lead right at the end. But they kept going back to uh, Doncic, and he kept scoring at will. It was actually pretty impressive, and that was with Kawhi on him at at points. And then obviously the game winner. So what what was your question? If you could build a franchise around one player, who would it be? Luka Doncic or Giannis Antetokounmpo? Yeah, if you could build a franchise right now around one player, who would your choice be? Luka or Giannis? If you could build a franchise right now, right now with one of the one player, dot, 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 who would it be? Rowdy, and I'm going to go on a limb and say you'd say Luka. That would be correct, Debo. I would take Luka Doncic in a heartbeat. One, because... Do you trust Giannis to take a game winner like that yesterday? From 28 feet out? No. And sink it? No. Like it was nothing? And I definitely don't trust Chris Middleton to take it. Exactly. Giannis, you- Giannis can't win a game like that. Luka Doncic can. If you, I know you didn't watch the whole game, but if you watch that whole game in the last half of that fourth quarter where they just went and ran the offense through Luka Doncic and pick and roll where he was either picking or popping – driving it to the lane, yet jump-stopping and still scoring, you don't see Giannis consistently doing that. Well, it's not Giannis's game, though. Giannis's game is to just go attack the rim. I mean, they're two completely different players, completely different skill sets. But with Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic is the, is the kind of basketball player that I love to watch. Giannis Adendokounmpo is amazing to watch. Don't because get me wrong. When he's slashing and driving and dunking and whatnot – but well, there's something about a guy that can just splash from that kind of range. Well, Luka Doncic can score from all over the court. Giannis can't. Yeah, I would take I would take Giannis down low. Luka I would take from the outside because because they're completely different games. But RJ, when you uh, I mean it's par for Nelson's course to not do, root for anything bucked. But when it comes well, to <laughs> Luka Doncic is the more complete player. When it comes to starting a franchise with one guy, and I put the put the tweet out at Zone Madison. Who would you take? I know it's hard for you because you didn't watch the game, but toward, well, I mean, just but you can, overall player, I yeah. still might take Luka Doncic. He's insane. I mean, yeah, for for most of the reasons Nelson has said, I mean, just overall a complete player. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, Giannis can run point if they ever wanted him to. And, I mean, everybody says it's because of Jason Kidd that he is so good right now, which makes no sense whatsoever. (laughs) Um, Jason Kidd is really good at individual growth. I'll give him that. But, I mean, I just, overall, I'd rather have that guy who you can say, you're taking this shot, and, and you don't have to be a foot away from the basket to do so. But wherever I need you to be to make that shot, I know it's going See, to I don't want to I don't want to bag on my guy Giannis, but two completely different different games, different players. I I love watching a player like Luka Doncic though, because when you watch Giannis, sometimes it's very frustrating. Luka Doncic is just like it's like pretty. Well, it's like poetry in motion. Today's NBA game isn't made for a prototypical big man yeah and Giannis outside of not being you know bigger bigger uh he's more or less the style of you know like an Akeem Akeem on type offense where you mid to mid-range jumper and down low with (laughs) your back to the the king says Nelson always wants what he can't have (laughs) <laughs> well, you you say they're two completely different games. Well, if you watch down the stretch with Luka Doncic, he was taking it to the hole with Kawhi Leonard guarding him. Yeah, and he was still coming up roses, getting getting to the getting fouled or at making baskets, jump He's stops. A beast. He didn't miss the shot. How many times do you see where Giannis just tries to attack the rim and he runs into three four guys because that's how they play him these days, and he fumbles the ball and turns it over. Luka Doncic was making the passes when he needed to, and he was scoring the other times when they when they took away the pass. Now you go to you go to look up. You get Luka Doncic calls Luka and Doncic. He's yes. four years younger than Giannis, well, and he's already yeah. got the all around game. Doncic calls historic triple double game winner something special. Well, yeah. I, then I type in Giannis and Nakumo game winners. Let's see. Giannis and Nakumo's last second tip in pushes Bucks past Celtics. Giannis and Nakumo drove to the basket for a winning layup in the last second. Giannis and Nakumo. Finishes off a dunk with five seconds left. It's all, you know, Giannis to the rim. And here's Luka Doncic from 28 feet out just draining. Let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who do I got? Hey. Damn it. Hey, buddy. Rick Russell. <laughs> Giannis. Uh, ad- Charlie, can you say Luka Doncic? Rick Russell. Yep, nailed it. Uh, Steve Stone. And, and, like and on hold. All right, so. 608, sorry, Charlie, 608, your phone was cutting out. 608, 1670 the Twitter poll is up. We just, my guy, our guy, former Zone employee, Danny Cunningham, reaching out, text me. He says, Luka Doncic is the correct answer to your poll question. Boom. Look at that, Nelly. Who would have thought that you and Danny Cunningham would be on the same page? He's finally starting to see the light. Let's go back to the phones. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Who do I got? Hey, you got Conrad on a Monday morning. Conrad, how are we doing today? He didn't seem too fired up. Uh, well, we could talk about Bucks. I don't really necessarily know if I want to talk about that other team from Milwaukee. Well, let's, but, uh, we'll start with the negative, Conrad. We'll start with the negative, then get to the positive. Okay. Milwaukee Brewers. All right, so we lose We lose by a team that's still 10 games under 500, and they just swept us, and they're 10 games or more under 500. I don't understand what's going on. The only thing I can think of right now is that the road trip was just too much for this team, and they just couldn't handle it. They're tired, and they want to get back to Milwaukee. We're going to play the Reds. We're tied with the Reds right now, and we got to do something. we got four games against them. I mean – Conrad. 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 
Conrad, what? I have to. <laughs> hey, don't get sauce. Don't get sassy with me. Go. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Conrad, let me ask you a question because yeah. I can't figure it out. Nelly can't figure it out. RJ can't figure it out. When you have the best reliever in the game and you're leading yes. by one run going into the eighth yes. inning and you Where? don't use Josh Hader and he hasn't pitched since Tuesday, can you figure it out? No, I can't. And that was the thing last night. I was like, I, I was like looking back on it. I'm like, you know what? Why, why did this happen? Unless they're thinking, you know, we still want to like save his arm because maybe we need Hader to pitch straight full games in the playoffs or something like that. I don't really understand it. That was an opportunity to possibly close out that game and not get swept by the freaking Pittsburgh Pirates. The worst team in the majors. Oh, my God. That was just so hard to just, I mean, but on the, on the, high, on the high note, I yeah. mean, you got, to see, you got to see Smoke really, you know, he, he, it seems like he's coming alive, you know. And yeah, just I, I really to trade him. To, yeah, something's got to break <laughs> loose with this team. Uh, you know, you look at the Cubs, this would have been the perfect opportunity. The Cubs have not been playing 500 ball for like a couple of weeks. I mean, they're, I think they're four and five in like the last 10 games or nine games. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's just one of them real uh, frustrating things. And, you know, we're still in third, but, you know, the Cardinals are now nine, nine and eight. You know, they're making, you know, they're making some progress. I mean, there's no time to waste on this. I mean, they got to. They got to sit at home now in Milwaukee yep. and just and get some wins. Yep. I mean, preach it, brother Conrad. Uh, preach it, brother Conrad. Oh, All right, now man, positive, I, positive, positive, it, positive. It, yeah. Okay. G- give me some so, positivity. So, so positivity right now is that the Bucks are two and one in this series, and uh, you know, just kind of uh, streamline along with your conversation about Doncic. Um, wouldn't that be great if Giannis? And Luca, we're on. Like, if, if we could, uh, if we could somehow get that guy, because man, <laughs> with, if you put a poll question out there, two guys, two guys that could potentially be like super team teammates, you know, who would you pick? And right. and which I would take those two over LeBron and AD. I would take those two over the the two Clippers studs. Um, I mean, that he's amazing. That game, he's incredible. That game was insane. It was, and uh, honestly, that would be that would be so big if they if they knock out the Clippers. Be that awesome. would be just uh, yeah, it's almost like a Cinderella story, you know. Is this, is this his uh, second year in the league, Luca? Yeah. Uh, yes, I want to say so. Yeah, so I mean, that's just incredible talent. Second year in the league and being able no, to do this no, no, no. So. Let's see, huh? he, he was drafted in twenty eighteen. Oh, in eighteen. Okay, well, now, either way, you're close. You're close. We, we yeah, were I mean, we were close. Right. Well, hey, boys, that's what, you know what, hopefully we can, uh... Wait, Conrad, did you answer the question, though, besides saying you wanted both of them in the same team, what would you, who would you rather start with? Who would you build the franchise Uh, around, Luca or Giannis? And it's hard because there's completely different players. I'm such a homer, I I guess. In this league... There's nothing wrong with being a homer. You, they need, what you'll end up seeing is, is Luca's going to need another guy, too. He can't do it all by himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I mean, except for yesterday. I guess I, except for <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> right. But that can't, you know, I still like Giannis. I like his game. He is he's an incredible talent. No one really plays like Giannis. So I mean, yeah, and there true. are other I mean, you know, there's other players that can hit those shots. We just need another guy to come alongside Giannis that can just be ice cold. Yeah. You know, and, and just just kill kill, you know. So 
Um, anyway, guys, that's that's all I got. Well, I Conrad, just, I'm hoping. I hope you felt better getting it out of your system over the Milwaukee Brewers. Oh man, I so I hope I hope we get a little bit more of a rush when it comes like midweek here. We got to get track. I agree. Well, thanks, hey, Conrad. Boys, happy Monday. See you, buddy. Conrad coming in hot. Love it. I wanted to talk some um, Big Ten football before you out of here, RJ. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, you are. You got your. You got your. Oh, you don't have your motion W on. Uh, it was just the Under Armour. Just a red polo. Looking f- super fly, though. You're always rocking the Badger colors. We appreciate it from you. <laughs> so there is a reporter, Omaha.com. His name is Sam McCown. And he was talking to the athletic director for Nebraska, uh, Bill News, uh, the AD for Nebraska. And he wrote a big-time article about what had happened with you see what ha- happened <laughs> <laughs> with um, you know the Big Ten and no fall sports. So according to the Nebraska athletic director Bill Moose and the article, the author of this article, Sam McCown, they considered it a win on August fifth when, after delays, the Big Ten finally announced its twenty twenty football schedule with a televised special on its network. We considered it a win too. Yes. we were sitting in the studio. At 7.45, when they had... Crying a little bit. We're like, yes. And I remember this, like, Rowdy was here, you were here, we were watching the TV, they had the smarmy PJ Fleck on. I didn't even care that PJ Fleck was even on the special, because (laughs) it meant that we are going to have football, because they were releasing their their schedule, right? Let's go football. So, um, they released their 10-game schedule, just starting before Labor Day. They built in flexibility to move games around, as needed in the middle of the, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic. And then... um, the Nebraska athletic director, Bill Moose, says as the days marched on, he quickly decided to or started to notice that everything was waning when it comes to starting this from the Big Ten presidents and the chancellors. Hey, guys, something's not right. He's like, something ain't right here. We just released the schedule, and now something smells fishy. It's a little off. He said, quote, as we got closer to the decision, I got less and less confident we were going to be playing. <laughs> And there was a reason for that, Moose said, the Nebraska athletic director, saying, Moose remained in consistent communication with his boss, the the Nebraska chancellor, Ronnie Green, who was in full support of the Big Ten playing a fall season. And their chancellor kept Moose, the athletic director, informed of the opposite sediment growing among all the other Big Ten leaders. They said, and this is according to the Nebraska Chancellor, Ronnie Green, and the Athletic Director for Nebraska, Moose, Green, the Chancellor, said, because the presidents and chancellors were never even in the same Zoom meetings as athletic directors in the Big Ten, there became misinformation and this kind of stalemate between the two. So athletic directors were not even in the same Zoom meeting as presidents and chancellors. It's not a good look. Medical personnel were not even in the same Zoom meetings as presidents, chancellors, or athletic directors. Seasoned athletic veterans like Moose, Wisconsin's Barry Alvarez, Penn State's Sandy Barber, and Ohio State's Gene Smith, according to this article from Sam McCown of Omaha.com, weren't even in key discussions that shaped the league's decisions. Again, presidents and chancellors of the Big Ten were never in the same Zoom meetings as athletic directors. Medical personnel were never in the same meetings with athletic directors or presidents and chancellors, according to Sam McCown of Omaha.com, who interviewed with 
Nebraska's athletic director, Bill Moose. He says right here, seasoned athletic veterans like Moose, Wisconsin's Barry Alvarez, Penn State's Sandy Barber, and Ohio State's Gene Smith were, quote, left out of key discussions that shaped the league's decisions. Well, so what? Wouldn't you all? Two of those. How many, how many people can be on a Zoom conference at once? Like hundreds. Hundreds? Yeah. Yet they never had athletic directors and presidents and chancellors in the same Zoom meetings or even with medical professionals. Well, so there you risk the, especially some of the most visible and I'd say probably more powerful ADs, persuasive ADs. I mean, you have Gene Smith alone in there, and I guarantee he can convince well over half of the Big Ten presidents and chancellors to uh, have a fall season. I think Barry Alvarez could do the same. Um, We're like, you guys are too convincing. You're not allowed in this meeting. Right. You purposefully keep people out that you know are going to have an easier time to be the charismatic person in the room that people follow. I mean, quite frankly, that's kind of why you hire them to be their ADs. <laughs> right? Because they are, they are problem solvers. They right. get things and done. Not even the problem solvers. Like, you hire people below you to do that side. You are the face. You are the, the one who will people will follow. You are the one uh, to... To bring money in, um, and this you know, is insane though. And look at Wisconsin; um, they're uh, some of their athletic directors in terms of Elroy Hirsch. He wasn't the business guy; he was the face who brought in the money. Yeah, uh, Pat Richter was a face that brought in money who actually had a really good business side of everything. And we tabbed like, him the face that built the place, right? I mean, he hired What's up, Pat? What's pretty up, much everybody up, who turned the athletic department around. Wisconsin royalty. Uh, uh, Coach-wise and all that. and But he was one of those guys who was the combo. People are like, oh, Pat Richter, ninth, uh, 12-time letter winner, uh, or nine-time letter winner. Like, he's the best. He's like, the man. That's what we need. Like, everybody f- started flocking back to the athletic department because of so, him. So these guys are too convincing, and that's why they're not allowed in with the right. chancellors I mean, and the presidents, according to this article. When you can start throwing around like the money a school will lose, like all of a sudden it becomes a financial issue rather than a social issue. And by yeah, the way, speaking of losing money, I saw Iowa. Iowa's already cutting sports. Yeah, men's and women's swimming, men's they, tennis, and one other one. They got four, I thought, four the, or five. Yeah, there's another men's gymnastics. Um. There, I mean, that's that's going to happen a lot of places. It's just... Yeah. So here, here's more from this article. Um, according to Sam McCowan of Omaha.com in his article, great article, I retweeted it on my account at Ebo says, Kevin Warren was aware, for example, that every Big Ten athletic director was in favor of playing a fall football season. Uh, the Nebraska athletic director, Moose, said he, Ohio State, and Penn State, and Michigan's ADs pushed the hardest but there was a unanimous agreement between all athletic directors to have a fall season that they wanted to play. Kevin Warren, quote, knew where we were coming from, and he was the messenger to the presidents and the chancellors. And then they talked about, again, how the presidents and chancellors were never in the same Zoom meetings with the athletic directors or medical personnel. It is 
It is nuts. So who's the guy that's supposed to put all this together? Kevin Warren. Yep. What did he not do? Didn't put any of it together. His He's, job. He, he should be fired. All, and that's the sentiment growing around everywhere is remove him. Here, it's not. Do you guys honestly think they're going to fire Kevin Warren, though? They should. No. Okay. Do you think they're going to, though, Rowdy? The presidents did exactly what they asked him to do. Or he did exactly, exactly what, what the, he was, the presidents asked him to do. And his bosses, who probably are happy with his they're what not, he did, are not, not going to fire him. They're not going to fire him. No. Uh, let's say they, they said right here in this article, as easy as consistent Zoom meetings between all parties would have been, all it takes is a computer in a room without chaos. That didn't happen. Quote, I knew where our people stood, but I would have liked to have been in the room when they expressed it to the commissioner and our presidents and chancellors. The commissioner, Kevin Warren, was operating in silos, and the silos were not connected. And in the end, that created varying degrees of communication that was not being delivered. Sounds like to me, Kevin Warren heard everything from the athletic directors and the medical personnel and then said, well, in his own mind, he said to himself, well, my bosses, the presidents and chancellors, don't want that. Don't want that, so I'm not going to relay that information. You're on a team that's average, maybe a little below average, but you have the potential to get really hot. And you're technically still in the playoff. You're in the playoff hunt, and you're like, all right, I know we are going against the league's worst team in the Pittsburgh Pirates boys. And we've just lost two games in a row, and we're staring at a, 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 a sweep in the face of a sweep, in the eyes of a sweep, and we're going to say, no, not us. We're going to rise to the occasion on Sunday, and we're going to get a victory, and we're going to go home back to Miller Park, and we're going to feel good about ourselves as we finish up our 10-game road trip. And you got a one, it's a one-run lead. It's four to three. And you're feeling good about yourself going into the eighth inning. You're winning four to three. And as you trot off, you're like, all right, just got done playing. You know, just got done at bat. You know, we didn't get anything in the eighth, but here's the thing. We got the best reliever in the game sitting on our bench who's going to get the two-inning close. We haven't seen him pitch since Tuesday, but we got this guy. He's got the long, beautiful flowing locks. He's got an ERA of 0.00. His arm's fresh. His arm's ready to go. He's the best in the game right now at what he does. We're going to put him on the mound, and we're going to close it out and win this game 4-3 to three against the Pirates. The two-inning close. That's what we're going to do. We're going to get Josh Hader, baby. Josh Hader's going to come out, and he's going to save the day for us, and we're going to avoid being swept by the worst team in the majors in the Pittsburgh Pirates. And then you look, all of a sudden, <laughs> nope. And you look at your manager, Craig Council, and you look at the bullpen, and you see Craig do a little sign, and you're like, wait a second. It, that, 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 that wasn't the number for Josh Hader. That was... That was that was the number for 41. That's the number for David Phelps. That's that's not Josh Hader. He's not. He, it, it, I mean, David Phelps has pitched okay, but as I'm sitting here in the dugout. He's not bringing in the lefty. But he's, David Phelps, last time I checked, he doesn't have an ERA of 0. 0.0. Uh, last time I checked, he's got an ERA of 2.45. What's Josh Hader, the, the, last time I checked, Josh Hader is the best reliever in the game. Why is Craig, why is the manager, why is Skip? Bringing out David Phelps, Josh Hader hasn't pitched since Tuesday. And then you watch Phelps go in there and just all of a sudden give it up and you lose to the worst team in the majors and you got swept. Where the where the F was Josh Hader yesterday, Rowdy? Where was Josh Hader, the best reliever in the game? In a must-win situation when you are facing a sweep of the worst team. 
in the major leagues, and you have the best reliever sitting in your bullpen doing diddly poo because the manager won't call his number. Where was Josh Hader yesterday? See, I I understand why Craig Council went with Phelps there in that situation. If it wasn't a must-win game to avoid a sweep to the worst team in Major League Baseball. Wait, the worst team? The worst team, right? The, the worst, worst team. team. See, I don't I don't get out of all the days where it would have made sense to bring in Josh Hader for a multiple inning save. He hasn't pitched since Tuesday. He hasn't pitched as much as a handful of other relievers this season. It's madness. And you were on the verge of being swept by the worst team in baseball and you have an opportunity to win the game and salvage one game. Just, just one. one game and salvage and salvage that that long road trip. Just it was a 10 one. game road trip and if you would have told Craig Council and the Milwaukee Brewers that if they win on Sunday against the uh, Pirates that they could go 5 and 5 on that road trip and it was against the Cubs, four against the Cubs, three against the Twins, and then obviously three against the Pirates. I think Craig Council would have been pretty happy. But then you start that uh, that road trip out with three out of four from the Cubs, and you have to be disappointed. And why aren't you trying to salvage that last game to go 500 on the road trip? Exactly. And that was the perfect spot to bring in Josh Hader. Where's Hader? Where's John- Craig Council? Hello? You have the best reliever in the game. You were about to get swept by the worst team in the majors. And we, we, we'll run down them Hello? again. We'll run down them again. Anything he, up, going on up there? Here are the, the relief pitchers out of the bullpen that have appeared in more games than Josh Hader this season. Brent Suter. David Phelps. Eric Yardley. Devin Williams. Alex Claudio. Corey Knable. All of those pitchers have appeared in more games than Josh Hader this season. And Corey Knable's coming back from injury and isn't 100%, yet he's appeared in more games. It's 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 unfathomable. It's It drives you mad. Brent Suter is a, a long reliever at this point. He's appeared in more games. It's nuts. Josh Hader carries an ERA of zero. He's appeared in seven games. He's the best closer in the majors. And he sits on the bench watching as his team loses. The major league major league baseball rules have hurt Alex Claudio and his uh his value to the team because you know you have to throw to three straight batters yeah. or else the at least finish over. the inning. Yeah. That's hurt his value. He's still got in more games. It's than insane. Josh Hader. It's insane. Let's go to the phones really quick. Welcome to the show. Who do I got? I'll be far go. Jeez. Randy Johnson. Spot on, Charlie. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Bye, Kirk out. <laughs> oh, what the Why God? Why? Send them asteroid now. Give me the meteor. Please. Rowdy. <laughs> Randy Johnson. Rowdy, where's Josh Hader? Who kind of looks like a young Randy Johnson? Maybe that's what Charlie was getting at. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. The Brewers are now eleven and fifteen. They're tied for second to last place in the NL Central. I mean, look at what it's they madness. have. Look at what they have coming up. They have the Reds, the Reds starting tonight at seven ten, and then the Pirates again. Who the Pirates are four and two against the Milwaukee Brewers this season. They're three and fifteen against everyone <laughs> else. 
How is it that the Milwaukee Brewers can make the worst team in baseball look good? It's, How is that possible? It's unless you're a below average numbing. team yourself. Yeah, well, we thought maybe the the Brewers were an average team. They're a below average team. They can't do diddly poo. Their offense stinks. Their manager Craig Council, what is it? What was he doing? Why do you not use Josh Hader? You you just lost two in a row to the Pittsburgh Pirates. You have eight games. The worst team in the majors. You're staring at a sweep in the face, and you let Josh Hader sit on the bench to watch. And you only have eight games when you have a lead. Until it's the trade deadline this year. Eight games, four against Cincinnati, four against Pittsburgh, all at home. Well, one, you've struggled against Pittsburgh this season, and you've struggled at home this season. The Brewers are normally good, good at, home. at Miller Park. They're terrible at Miller Park this year. Yeah. Well, and they, they obviously, roads, what do we know about the Pirates shirt. in the last decade? The Brewers have owned the Pirates, not this year. Completely owned them. Not in the not in 2020 where anything's possible. Not not in the year where the Pirates are the worst team in baseball. In 2020, up is down, black is white, left is right, right is left, north is south. I remember there, back in the days where the Brewers could take and have Manny Parra Ooh. on the mound against the Pirates, and they would still win like 15 to two. That was yeah, back, that was back when they would just roll Pittsburgh. They owned them. Now this terrible Pittsburgh team owns the Brewers, and that's it. Who what what was their record? Three and fifteen and the rest of the majors? They're what? three three and fifteen against Major League Baseball. It's insane. Four and two against Brewers. It's insane. And Craig Council, does he for does the dude forget he's got Josh Hader? And you know what sucks like, is Like I don't get it. I don't can someone make sense of it for me? This year they allow eight teams in from each side, the AL and the NL. Yeah. And it's top two from each division. Brewers ain't getting in. And then it's the uh the two best, I guess, wild cards. Yeah. Well, obviously the Brewers are not in right no, now. No, 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 no. But if you look at the standings, they're two and a half games behind the Cardinals, who would technically be the second place team in the NL Central. Yeah. Which means it makes it even more complicated what they're going to do in the next eight days when they have to decide who to trade, who to keep. Do they buy? Do they sell? <sighs> Who are they going to keep based on contracts for next year? Makes it a lot more interesting and, and a lot more. You're playing a guessing game. I don't know oh, what they're yeah. going to do. <laughs> I don't even think David Stearns knows what he's going to do in eight days or no. in the next few days. I mean, you still have eight games. If they go on a terrible losing streak here and say they go two and six in sell, the next sell, eight sell, games, sell, 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 they're sell. 13 and 21. Sell, and there's, sell, sell. Uh, <laughs> The Brewers are below average. Well, look team. at what they've done. They DFA'd Brock Holt. Brock Holt's gone, and he only had what thirty-two or thirty-six appearances at the plate. Craig Collins is like, yeah, not a big sample in, size. Yeah, but in sporadic, sporadic playing time. Yeah, they have so many questions. But the other thing is, they have so many guys that they brought in the last year on either one or two-year deals where they have options on players, yep. I have no idea what they're going to do. There could be a huge turnover of the Brewers roster if David Stearns went in that direction starting at the, the deadline and through next season. I mean, what do you what do you want to do with uh, Narvaez? He was supposed to be the hitting catcher. Did he have a couple hits yesterday in a loss? Yes, but that was like the first game a, you can yeah. remember where he had hits. Exactly. He, I can't. I you, couldn't tell you the last time Narvaez had a hit. It was been Manny Pena's who's got the hot. Could bat. you imagine somehow if Narvaez was catching John Lester? Oh God! 
How would they get anyone out on the bases? <laughs> they, they, it would, John Lester it can't. Happen. John Lester he can't. can't throw to first. Yeah, he can't throw over to first, and Narvaez can't throw to second. That would just be the worst combination I've ever seen on the bases. You might as well just start walking to second if you were on first base. <laughs> no doubt. Because how many bases did the Pittsburgh? I almost said Steelers. Pittsburgh Pirates steal on Narvaez it, this it weekend. Was, it was, it was, it was, he wasn't even, one, he wasn't even getting throws off. Now, not all of them were his fault, but he wasn't well, even getting throws an, off. He did have an error. I'll throw it. And another one he threw completely into the outfield. Yeah, it was an error. It was terrible. Well, he's a guy that after this season, he has two more controllable now, years. Now, Rowdy, just to be clear, though, Narvaez did pick up someone off yesterday, though. Polanco. See ya. Anyways, but yeah, yes. but did you see that? Did you see that? <laughs> did you watch that game? Yeah. So you saw how Arcia caught that ball? Yes. Which basically hit Polanco and somehow stuck in his glove and he was right there to take him. All Ar- that was Arcia. all luck. Yeah. Well, Arcia, I'll give him a skill on that one. <laughs> he wasn't even looking at just the ball. Give me, just give us something in a sweep, Rowdy. <laughs> it just happened to find his mitt. Just give us something in a sweep to the Pirates. Okay, so let's just go through some of the players. Narvaez, two years of arbitration the next two years where he'll be controllable, and with how he's playing, pretty affordable. What do you think? You think they could bring him back? They could also look to trade him? Trade him. (laughs) Manny Pena next year. I love Manny Pineapple. He has his last year of arbitration. I think we'd be in agreement to bring back Manny and and hope he's your backup catcher. Yes. Uh, You know, if you move to the... Infield and outfield. Ryan Braun next year has that fifteen million dollar mutual option. So Ryan, that means, yeah. And Ryan Braun has control. Ryan Braun says what can happen with him. Well, when it comes to trading, yes, you can't really. It's hard to get rid of him. It'd have to be the perfect deal. Yeah, and Braun he holds all the control. If you're the Brewers, there's no way you can pick up fifteen million dollars on Ryan Braun this year. Not happening. So I guess, and if they do, I'm done. Braun, yeah, Braun's gone unless he wants to restructure for a much cheaper. Uh-huh. Justin Smoke, he's he's on a, here, currently on a two-year deal, so he'll be on his last year next year. I know he had three RBIs yesterday. He hit a dinger, but outside of that, I mean, the dude's hitting 205. He was brought in to be a big bat. He's hitting 205. So you're looking to trade him at the deadline? I would be totally fine with that. Eric, so, Eric, yeah, for me, if you got the right price, I, I'm, I'm for – Basically selling any of these guys. Yep. Uh, Eric Sogard, Bye. he'll be on a one-year mutual option next season. See ya. Then if you keep going down. Nerd power. Jed no, Jerko on a club option. Bye. Uh, you have Avisel Garcia will be in the second year of his two-year deal next year. I think he's worth. I, like I think he's team. a guy that's worth uh, keeping around to see what he does next season. Yep. Ben Gamble also on a club option, which would be his last year with the the team next year. You mean Babe Gamble, who's not bad like Babe Gamble anymore, <laughs> who who struck out three times went over four yesterday. I'd be fine if I'm they. Fine with him. I'd be fine if they got rid of him too. I just. I'm fine. I'm fine if he stays or whatever. He's and now, like, if you look at the pitching staff. Brett Anderson is on just a one-year deal, so he'll be a free agent. Bye. I think they should look to trade him. Josh Lindblom on a three-year deal. I don't think that career moves worked out. He's got an ERA in the sixes. I mean, he's he's fine, I guess. And then if you look at the bullpen, you have Phelps, who would be on a club option next year. I See, Phelps has been pitching okay. It's just yesterday he was pissing me off because I didn't see Hater. 
Claudio would be in his last year of arbitration, so you could get rid of him. You always got to have a submarine pitcher, Nelson. Come on. <laughs> Justin Grimm is just on a one-year deal, so he'll be a free agent. Would you say his reality at the Brewers is looking grim? That's a lot of players that could be... Uh... The Brewers stink. The Brewers are all they're sellers. Do you honestly think the Brewers are going to somehow pull themselves up by their bootstraps and become a contender for the majors or for the playoffs and be a you know a solid club this year? Yes. If they can put together a few wins, yes, they can be in the playoff picture because eight freaking teams get in the playoffs this year out of 15. Just, you don't have to dude, be a good team Rowdy, to make they, it to the playoffs this year. But do okay. I think they're legit contenders? No. Absolutely not. Rowdy, you said you don't have to be a good team to make the playoffs this year. They just got swept by the worst team in the majors, the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pirates are 7-17. Seven and 17. The Pirates almost doubled up their wins because of the Milwaukee Brewers. They stink. Yeah, but the Brewers are only like two and a half games technically out of the playoffs right now. Do you? Okay. <laughs> Which is crazy because I was the one saying they're below average the whole time. Now, I don't know if they changed this rule in 2020, but you still got to score runs to win a game, right? Yeah. You can't You can't uh, win without scoring any runs. What's this Brewers offense like? <laughs> a big stinky turd? They stink. What are they? I just can't get over of how just inept this offense is. What's worse, the offense or the lack of seeing Josh Hader? I guess that goes hand-in-hand, actually. Because if you had an offense and you had a lead, you would see Josh Hader. Therefore, I'm still confused why you had a lead yesterday and you're facing this in the eyes of a sweep against the worst team in the majors and you don't use Josh Hader. So last last season, what the the average baseball team scored 4.85 runs a game. The say, average, say that again? The average baseball team scored 4.85 runs per game. The Brewers currently are averaging four runs per baseball game. Jesus. So they're nearly a run lower than what the average team had last year. And keep and in it, mind, I mean, it uni- shows. And keep in mind there's a universal DH that's supposed to bring up runs, isn't there? <laughs> Great point, Ebo. <laughs> there's a universal DH. And what did we think at the beginning of the and year? And the Brewers are scoring less runs. What do we, we think at the beginning of the year? What Brandon Woodruff hit? A lot of NL teams might be a, a bit handicapped this year because their rosters aren't structured for the DH. But God. who did? But Good. who did we think Googly might have Googly. a bit of an advantage because we had a guy named Ryan Joseph Braun who who could DH? Yeah, Ryan Braun had an infected finger. Ryan Braun hasn't really hit this season. Oh my back! Oh my hammies! Oh my thumb! Oh, it's infected! Oh. So much for uh, having the, the upper hand on some of the NL teams with Ryan Braun being able to DH because he on. has not been good this year can, either. Can you just say that stat one more time? Last year, the Brewers, what was the stat? The average runs? The average uh, Major League Baseball team averaged about 4.85 runs per game. This season, the Brewers are averaging four on the head. And the Brewers have the universal, I mean, it's universal DH. Everyone's got the DH, right? Yeah, but even, even that... Uh, stat last year would have been weighted down by half the league having a oh, DH. Yeah. This this is nuts. Uh, a couple tweets real quick. J8 Krabs Jordan says, "Tell Rowdy it's hard to be a major league player. The players Brewers got for this offseason were just players because we couldn't afford the ones they wanted. Need to rebuild the minors only way to have a good roster again." And that's the bad thing about the Brewers. Yeah, but how the are you going to do that? The Brewers have the worst farm system in the ma- they have the worst farm system. 
It's statistically the worst with prospects. Yeah, but here's the thing. How do you go about fixing the minor league system? Well, and then here's the other tweet from J.A. Krebs. He says, he tweets at me at Ebo says, and he says, and I quote, I would trade Josh Hader for a top hitting prospect. Yeah, I said it. Oh. Well, you might as well. It's not like they're using them anyways. Right? It's there's like, there's you, absolutely no way I would trade Josh Hader for a hitting either. prospect. Well, right, you, you need to be do? getting a haul. Let me ask you, what would you rather do? Trade Josh Hader for a haul or have Josh Hader stay in the Brewers on the Milwaukee Brewers and never use him? Well, one, it's it's something that David Stearns and Mark Ananasio would have to uh, talk about as an organization because when you <laughs> when you cut thirty five million dollars in payroll and you you sign these guys that you thought had some upside. It obviously didn't work out, and you probably should pay guys that are actually good because you you actually get guys that perform. Does the organization want to continue to have these 90-ish million-dollar payrolls, or do they want to spend money to try and win? Because Lorenzo Cain, yeah, he opted out this year, but next season he'll be towards the back end of his career and contract. Christian Yelich, it'll be the last year where he'll be on a cheap deal. Avisel Garcia will still be under contract. You'd get Ryan Braun's money off the books. You still have guys like Brandon Woodruff, Adrian Hauser, Corbin Burns, uh, Luis Urias, Orlando Arcia. All those guys are still controllable and cheap. Yeah. I mean, they have they still technically would have a little window, probably a year or two, to have a heavy salary cap and try to win. But does David Stearns? get the nod from Mark Ananasio to go out and spend money? Because no, obviously no. he said no this year. And, and dude, the money's the money next year, the money's so already messed with right now. You think of all the losses they're taking with no fans, no one through the gates, you know, no one concessions, everything. How are the Brewers, a small market team, how are they gonna be able to afford guys when they took a giant hit with COVID nineteen? They cut the payroll by $33 million. I was actually looking at the payrolls this weekend. So the Brewers' payrolls just over $39 million this year. Bring on the asteroid, God. The Brewers' payroll after cutting it for COVID was just over $39 million this year. You know who's uh, leading MLB? Who? Well, it's the Yankees, but their payroll's still over $110 million. (laughs) I was like, are the Dodgers or the Yankees? Oh, my God. Where's the meteor? Rain down upon me, please. Please, baby Jeebus. I'm I'm just interested to sit back, watch the Brewers, see what happens this next week, and see what guys get traded or how they attack this. Because in my mind, they have to be sellers. Oh my God! Yes. Well, this is this is a fire sale. Well, Krebs tweeted in, "How are you going to improve your minor league system? Well, it's either be extremely crappy, but that's a <laughs> but that's a crapshoot in Major League Baseball because drafting is so hit or miss, even at those top rounds." Or, and you'd have to be crappy for years on years on years. Look at kind of what the Astros did. Well, Nelson, what are or, we all about Brewers? They've been, we already know, we've done that with the Brewers. We've been crappy for are decades. Are you going to trade these middle-of-the-road players like the Smokes, like the Jerkos for anything you can get? Or are you going to trade your haters, your Yelichs, your really prized chips that will actually draw big-time players or prospects? A lot of questions will be answered in the next eight days. When the Brewers went... To the NLCS and we're one game away from the World Series. That will be the closest the Brewers will make it to a World Series in my lifetime, Rowdy. 
I was born in 1988. You plan on dying soon? Well, if I get my wish, the meteor's going to come down and end it all, so hopefully. I hope you're wrong. (laughs) Well, part of me hopes I'm wrong, part of me hopes I'm right. But, Nelly, the Brewers always have a very tiny, small window, and it comes very rare. How many times have they been in the playoffs now? Six? Five? How many times have the Brewers been in the playoffs now? Six times? In their entire franchise history? Well, basically, since we started watching, you had 2008, 2011, and then mm-hmm. the last uh, couple seasons. I I, it, dude, they, I think it's six times because I think it was twice in the 80s, yep. twice in the 2000, or 2008, 2011, and then it was the last two years. Yep. The Milwaukee Brewers started their organization in 1970. They've been in the playoffs six times. Rowdy. I don't I don't foresee the Brewers. Talk me off the ledge here. I'm like negative like you today. It's very rare for me. Well, I, I you, think, you're actually like more positive about this. I not really though. More than me. I'm I'm praying for the meteor right now. The the Brewers stink. They just got swept by the worst team in the majors, and you had insult to injury. You have the best reliever in the game in Josh Hader, and Craig Council forgets that he's even on the roster. The dude hasn't thrown since Tuesday. To ensure they didn't get swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates yesterday with a one-run lead in the eighth inning, the, he goes to David Phelps, not Josh Hader. We only see Josh Hader when the crew is winning in late innings. There's no Hader. Rowdy. I'm telling you, the future of the Milwaukee Brewers is, is, is going to be known. They're effed. They're effed for the foreseeable future. It's going to be known what this organization and general manager want to do and it's going to start with the deadline because if they think they can legitly go out and win with this team you're going to see them trade I don't think that's the case I think many fans probably feel that same way they'll never tell you that until their actions speak for the (laughs) their words right where they just don't go out and buy anyone I don't foresee them you know staying pat because that just doesn't make any sense they're not going to stand pat uh selling is I think you have to go about selling. It's a fire sale. And honestly, in my mind, the only the only guys that that really should probably be untouchable are Christian Yelich, Keston Hira, Brandon Woodruff, and Josh Hader. Is Josh Hader actually untouchable though? They don't use him. Well, that's the thing. If you They don't use him. If you want to trade him, you're gonna have to get a haul like what the Yankees were reportedly offering do it if, do if, it if the uh if the yankees and uh brewers actually would have made that deal you never would have needed to sign jerko or sogard because anduhar would be playing third base uh-huh. you wouldn't have had to bring in a josh lindblom because it would be j.a hap you wouldn't need guys like well you could have traded uh grisham like you did because you wouldn't need gamble Avisel Garcia or any of those guys because Clint Frazier is a pretty good young player. He's balling, and, by he, the way. and he has been a, a high prospect for the Yankees for a while. He would have been your right fielder. So, I mean, those were just three of the pieces. Then you were also going to get a low level minor league player, all for Hader. Now, you already said it a starting third baseman, a starting outfielder, and a older starting pitcher that would only be around for a little bit, mm-hmm. and then a low level minor league prospect. 
is a lot of pieces for one guy that's been used for seven games. <laughs> they they don't use On Josh a team Hader. That's eleven and fifteen. They don't. It's like having. Do you remember? This is a very weird analogy. I remember when I was a kid, there was these dumb effing things called beanie babies. Everyone blew their load and loved beanie babies. These little dumb stuffed animals that you would get from like a Hallmark store or you could get them in friggin' Happy Meals. People like would kill each other over a beanie baby. I remember, I remember my dad's side of the family, some people, they were collecting beanie babies. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Why are you collecting these beanie babies? They're stupid. But the hype, you could take these beanie babies and sell them for like astronomical amounts of money. Speaking of that. And they, but the, the, my dad and the other side of the family, they, they had this huge collection. I'm like, you better sell these things right now because the market's just going to go and tank. What do they do? They hung on to them. And now they're worthless. Josh Hader. They're hanging on to Josh Hader. They're not using him. S- sell them when it's high. Restock and some invest in something for the future that's not friggin' beanie babies, and then start fresh. Speaking I don't know of, if that makes any sense. It made sense of, to me. Uh, selling beanie babies and, and things from the nineties. Did you see Mike Trout's rookie card sold for almost four million dollars? What? Yeah, it was a signed Mike Trout rookie card. Judas. Yeah, that that's insane. I just saw Luka Doncic's uh, rookie card went up in like insane value. It's you could sell it now for over three hundred thousand dollars. After his performance yesterday in that game. But I I think seriously, if you got a package like what the Yankees were reportedly <laughs> Being shopping, baby, stupid. shopping around, you'd yeah. have to consider it. You you seriously do have to consider it because if you think Corey Knable can come back next season and be that legit all-star closer or at least close to that level, you're still going to have a good bullpen. Devin Williams, in my opinion, that kid has looked extremely good this year. That, that uh, fastball change up uh, combination. You know what it's actually kind of reminded me of? What? A guy that used to pitch for the Brewers for basically one season, but technically two. <laughs> the Hoffman? Trevor Hoffman. Trevor Hoffman? That, that, that circle dude change that, that Devin rule. Williams has been throwing this year is nasty. And, and that guy was originally a starter that was struggling once he got into the higher levels of the minor league system and they moved him to the bullpen. That kid looks like he's going to be a closer in the future. Oh, yeah. He was he's balling. He's got a he's a guy that throws in the upper 90s with a nasty circle change. I think he's a, he's definitely looking like a future cl- closer. If Corey Knable can give you anything, but the thing with Devin Williams is too, you can also use him like Hater multiple innings because he has that starting background kind of what Hater had when he uh was traded for uh from the Astros. Yeah. He was a starting pitcher. I think they still have a solid bullpen even if you get rid of him and some of those guys like the the Phelps come back for one more year. So I think they they theoretically could get rid of him, but you would be losing one of the best relief pitchers in baseball. So you, so you don't use him though. It doesn't matter. What does it matter? They well, don't you gotta use make them. sure you got to make sure you get that value it's because like, it can't just trade him for one player. I understand that you could get a haul for him, but if you're not going to use Josh Hader in the height of the Beanie Babies, if you didn't sell them and you kept them, they're they're worthless. If Craig Council probably has Star Wars toys from when he was a kid, still in his con- original packaging, untouched. But he's sitting on them. They're the worthless then. Sell them. Craig Council, when important dinner guests come over, Craig Council brings out paper plates and of the fine china that he's got sitting in the china cabinet. It doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. Use them or sell them.
Well, they pitched since Tuesday. They've babied Hater so much since he's come up. If I was Hater, I'd be like, "Get me the hell out of here!" For the last two, three years, it almost makes you wonder with some of those rumors that have been floating around if they're not thinking about. Send them you know, to the Yankees gonna, for a king's ransom. We're gonna make sure this guy stays healthy but performs when we need him to, and end up trading him before uh, we need to make a decision on his contract. You just got swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates, the worst team in the majors. You had a lead going into the eighth inning. That's when we see Hater, eighth of the ninth, maybe gets a long slave. And he just sat there. He hadn't pitched since Tuesday. He's like the Princess Diana Beanie Baby. Sell it. Make your $10,000. Or in this case, a King's Ransom for Josh Hader.